Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. This podcast is a six-second stories production. Six Second Stories is a video marketing agency that tells heartfelt stories to help you maximize your impact and inspire action in minimal time. Check out more about what we do at SixSecondStories.com. Hello, all my compelling storytellers out there. Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab. This is another short form in-between episode, I call them, or actually, I think that was Tim Ferriss that called them that, and maybe he inspired these, but... This season, I just wanted to take a few breaks in between the long-form guest interview podcast that we do and just get down to the nitty-gritty, the things that I've learned along my journey of, of becoming a, a master, a compelling storyteller, whatever you want to call it, to be a better storyteller. That's what we're striving to do here. So I've learned so much in the past three years where I've just been like head down, neck deep in the storytelling space. And my job here on the show is to convey that information to you to help you be better storytellers on your journey. So the last time we did one of these, it's every other episode. And the last one we talked about character. Character is so vital to the story. I mean, it's more than vital. It's more than imperative. It is everything. It is the story. We can watch a compelling character with a boring story are not a great story, but even if we have the greatest plot, if we don't care about the character, then we're not there. 
but that's not to say that story or plot, if you want to call it that, is not is not just as important. I mean, these are the two pillars of storytelling, right? The, the, the journey that we're going to go on and then who we're going to follow on that journey. So one of the questions that always comes up is like, well, what is the right structure of a story? Like, I know I can talk about something. I know I can like kind of tell a story about what happened over the weekend and be entertaining, but I know that's not really telling a story like it, like when it comes to, you know, effective storytelling that is going to motivate people to take action, which is what business storytelling is, is all about, right? Is, is if we're using these for our marketing messages, it, it needs to follow a certain structure. And on top of that, if you have a certain structure, that's what's going to help you consistently tell stories for the long term, okay? Anybody can have a crazy night over the weekend and go tell that story and it be engaging. But to take any mundane moment out of our lives and find the arc in that and find the conflict and find the struggle and find the, 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 the you know, the, the points of the story, the story, the narrative points that make a story a story, that is challenging. And that's what we're going to try to get to today. Now, here's the thing. There are so many different theories and approaches on story structure. So many, okay, that you have John Truby, who, who talks about 22 stages, I think, or 22 steps to become a master storyteller. You have the, the legendary Joseph Campbell and, and the hero's journey, the monomyth, the hero's journey, which I think is 17 stages. And last week, we had on the show, we had Ken Adams, who's an improv instructor in the Bay Area, who created the story spine. And this is, this is used by Pixar and, and other master storytellers all over the planet. And it's just an eight-step story structure that I use all the time. And I was so happy to, to have him on to dive deeper into that. And if you haven't heard that episode, stop this one. Go back and listen to that because this guy is the truth. And I'm, I was so grateful to have him on and so excited to have him on. But you need to listen to that too because he really breaks down how to make a story out of, out of any topic, right? That's what improv is about. You get, you get a ball tossed to you, uh, you know, a word, a concept, a setting or whatever, and you have to build a story out of that. And so the, his episode is outstanding. But I use his story spine all the time and I'll do it in keynotes where I just have somebody, you know, throw me a movie and we break it down using the story spine because any, you know, any basic movie or story that you follow, you can use these formats, these templates to break it down and reverse engineer it so you understand where the points along the story arc that you need to hit. Once you realize that, you can build your own stories. And so really quickly, I'll give you the story spine. It's this, once upon a time, blank, you know, dot, 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 every day, that's step two, but one day, step three, because of that, because of that, because of that, until finally and ever since then, okay? So that's an eight-step template that you can follow once upon a time, every day, but one day, because of that, because of that, because of that, until finally and ever since then, or ever since that day. So what I did was I reached out on my Instagram and asked uh, some of my followers or listeners of the show, I was like, hey, what's some of your favorite movies? Because this is basically what I do in my workshops and haven't done a live, uh, live workshop or, or keynote speech in a while. So because of the pandemic, not because of my skills. Um, 
So I decided to, to do this today when we're talking about story structure. So I got a couple, I got a handful, but I don't have time to do all of them, obviously. But let's use two examples. I got one gladiator from, from 2000, I believe, maybe 2001, and Short Term 12, which is a darling little indie film. Brie Larson's, who, who, who's a Captain Marvel now. Brie Larson's, I think it was her first leading role. I loved her. Bef since before then but she did a really great job and it was a short film first and then uh and then became a feature which is you know it, it's a great success success story that film for any indie filmmaker uh like myself and then the director actually just directed just mercy uh last year with michael b jordan um and uh and jamie fox was just an excellent film but uh short term 12 is an awesome one gladiator i mean come on it was amazing in 2000 if you're if you grew up in the 90s like i did movies like braveheart these epic movies like braveheart and gladiator they were they were these knees they were they were the best so we're going to take those two widely wildly different right you got one blockbuster you know tentpole summer film and one you know low budget indie film um, so both sides of the spectrum and we'll use the story spine to break it down. Let's start with gladiator first. And I'm just kind of shooting from the hip here. I've seen both of these movies, you know, multiple times. Uh, I did check, check, you know, glance at the trailers just to kind of re refresh myself, but basically with gladiator, we're like something along these lines. And obviously you can do it differently, but the basic structure will be the same there's no way you can get around it but the words you choose or how you know, what scenes might might vary so here goes for gladiator once upon a time there was a roman general named maximus and every day maximus fought under the emperor marcus aurelius and was set to secede him and wanted to restore power to the roman republic until one day marcus's son commodus found out about this and murdered his father and took maximus and placed him in the prison because of that Maximus escaped, even though he got injured, and went back to save his family, but it wasn't in time because they were already killed. Because of that, he passed out and was captured by slave traders and then sold into gladiator training where he had to compete in gladiator games. And because of that, he had to fight in front of these big crowds but didn't want to reveal his identity, so he did it with a mask, but he kept winning. And because of that, he got more and more popular where the emperor finally made him reveal himself and he saw that it was Maximus. And because of that, he finally, in a final battle, he faced Commodus, the emperor, and killed him, but not before he was injured again. And he ended up dying himself. But before he did, he asked that power would be restored to the Senate and that his slave friends would be freed. And ever since that day, you know, the Roman Republic prevailed or something like that but that's basically the art right once upon a time every day then one day this happened because of that 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 until finally there's there's something else that happened and ever since that day okay so now let's try it for short term 12 which is not as epic but it still follows the same kind of structure there's the same climax and the same arc that we have with a film like gladiator so let's give it a shot once upon a time there was a social worker named grace and every day she lived and worked with her boyfriend in a mental health facility, even though she had trouble uh, and struggled to, to open up emotionally to her boyfriend. But one day she found out she was pregnant, which caused her to emotionally remove herself even more. And then because of that, she befriended a new arrival who clearly cut herself. And because of that, she learned that the new arrival was experiencing 
abuse from her father at home. And because of that, she chased after the new arrival when she left, going back to her father's house, trying to prevent her from any harm until finally she went to the, the father of the new arrival's house, planning on hurting him physically. And the new arrival, Jaden, stopped her and decided that they should smash his car instead. Until, and finally, uh, she admitted that she herself had, had experienced sexual abuse from her father. And ever since that day, she sought out her own therapy and prepared to have her new baby with her boyfriend. Okay, that's basically it. That was a, a shot at it, you know, uh, without much planning. Um, and, you know, you can always add or remove any details in there, but it's following that same structure. Now, there's other versions of this. There's, there's, there's the, the, I mean, Shakespeare, John York, I mean, plenty of people have used the five, uh, five act structure, which is symmetrical and it's basically exposition, rising action, climax, falling action, and denouement or resolution. So it's, it's the same structure. You've got this, you know, exposition once upon a time and every day blank, the rising action until one or, you know, but one day this happened, right? And because of that, because of that, because of that, that's the rising action. Until finally, that's the climax where, you know, we switch now. Some major change has happened. And ever since that day, that's the resolution, the denouement, right? And if you break it down even, you know, more simple than that, the three-act structure, which was made famous by Aristotle way back in the day, it's just a beginning and a middle and an end, right? The way you want to look at story structure is that there, let's take those three parts. That's the way I like to teach my students because this is probably the simplest. There's the beginning, the middle, and the end, right? In the beginning, there's a status quo, there's a stasis, right? There is balance, okay? Even if it's not perfect, even if life isn't perfect, there's a balance, right? Once upon a time, there was a girl named Grace who, even though she couldn't open up emotionally, she had this job with her boyfriend and carried on, you know, things were kind of normal. With the gladiator, once upon a time, there was a general and he fought in these wars and he took injuries, but you know, that was life, right? And he was able, he was able to sustain. And then you have a, a disruption of that balance, of that stasis, right? A conflict that is thrust upon us. And that happens at the inciting incident, right? That's the, but one day this happened, okay? So for Grace, it was that she got pregnant, and for Maximus, it was that his emperor was killed and he was thrown into prison, right? That's what shifted this whole stasis, this balance that they have. Now, here's the thing. They spend the rest of the time in the story trying to restore balance, right? Trying to restore balance. And we talked about it, you know, two episodes ago when we talked about character, we talked about what they want, their object of desire, their physical goal on the surface, and then what they really want, their internal goal or their emotional need, right? That, that is the journey that we follow them on, right? And, and so it's a struggle. And, and that's basically act two. That's the middle. We're seeing them. There's ups and downs. There's guides that we're introduced to. So um, for Maximus, if you remember Gladiator, it, it was the, it was the uh, Gladiator trainer, Proximo. For Grace, it was Jaden, the, the new arrival. That was essentially her guide. It's not always an older mentor or wizard, right? It's somebody guiding you through this journey when you're trying to restore balance to your life. 
And then finally, there's the ending, the, the, the heightened point of tension and, and, and that, that final battle. So for Gladiator, it is actually a final battle between him and Commodus, right? And, you know, we talked about for the, in the character episode two episodes ago that sometimes they don't get their physical goal, but they get their uh, emotional goal. Well, I'm sure you could argue that, that Maximus wanted to, you know, he wanted to be reunited with his family. So, but he dies, you know, I mean, even though he dies, which you imagine that anybody's physical goal is to live, he definitely wanted to kill Commodus probably didn't want to die, but there's a bittersweetness to it because he, it shows him like going, being joined with his, his wife and child. But I mean, really he back to his, his initial goal, he wanted to restore power to the Roman Republic. And as he died, that's what, you know, and that's what he requested. But he had that actual battle between good and evil between him and his antagonist with grace. It was that moment where she went to, to hurt Jaden's dad but instead, you know, they, they, they smashed his car or whatever. But the thing is, what she's faced with is finally, finally admitting to somebody that the abuse that she had taken, which is what she was struggling with and probably why she didn't want to bring a kid into the world, right? So now we're getting a little deeper into the, to the character's journey there. But that's the structure. And then you have the end, the resolution. We come back for short-term 12 and we see her a few weeks later or a month later or whatever. And she's you know, getting ready for the baby. So now we know they didn't go through with the abortion and she's seeking therapy out herself. So now we know she's, she's in this new balance, this new world, right? So that, and that's what Joseph Campbell would call it. So you have this, this, this ordinary world, your status quo, your stasis, your balance, this conflict that happens that causes disruption and you spend most of the story trying to regain this balance and then you finally get it when you face whatever that antagonist is head on finally you, you, you know you dedicate yourself you make a decision to face your fears which you you have you know the thing the reason why you didn't solve it earlier in act two is because you've been resistant you know the character has been resistant to facing those fears and then they do it so that's the three the the three act structure beginning middle and end a status quo a conflict or disruption and then a resolution that restores balance it's a new world and a new stasis right so when you're carving these stories out and telling them for your business opportunities for your marketing messages you need to think about what's the problem that that your your audience is going through right things aren't too bad for them, right? They're in this status quo, this stasis, and they're able to manage, but then they're tasked with learning TikTok or, you know, like whatever the new thing they have to do. Oh, a crowdfunding campaign. Now on top of their normal uh, responsibilities, they have to spend the next 60 days trying to raise $20,000 for a crowdfunding campaign, which is more than one person's full-time job, by the way. So, that is their inciting incident and you should come along, tell them stories or be the one that guides them through that. Right? So this is what I want you to think about this kind of structure that's in it, that's embedded into any, any story that you see. Of course, there are ones that bend the rules, uh, but there's still that arc there. And of course there's some that aren't deepened into that story structure, but all the best ones, all the, you know, the majority of them, 
majority of movies, the majority of stories follow this pattern. So for us as brand storytellers, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Use the proven methods. And whether you're using John Truby's 22 steps or Aristotle's three, it's the same thing. It's balance, disruption, and a new form of balance. But here's the thing, and I'll leave you with this today. As I break it down, when we're trying to tell six-second stories, you don't even have time for those three stages. It really comes down to me, my theory, my thesis on storytelling is it comes down to change. Two pieces, two moments of change that make a story. One, the change that happens to the character. That's the inciting incident. That's the problem, the thing that disrupts the balance, right? And sets them off on this new journey. And the second one is the change that happens within the person. That is at the climax, and that's what gets them to resolve the problem or defeat the monster, what, whatever it is, is. And it always comes back to what's underneath, right? What's going on in their heart. It's what they, what they believe. Their fundamental beliefs have to change, whether that's believing in themselves or forgiving their father or whatever it is. It's a change that comes from within them. Like think of Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. He, he, he finally believes he has what it takes to be a Jedi and he takes the target thing off and he shoots the, the, the weak spot in the Death Star and, and blows it up, right? So that change that happens to them takes us from act one to act two and that change that happens within them takes us to act three and the resolution. That's what I want you to think about. And if you are telling brand stories for your organization or your business, you need to be the vehicle for that change, okay? The hero is your customer and what they're going through. And if you pose yourself and poise yourself to be the agent of that change within them, to give them the tool that they need to make that change, whoo, you're going to be a compelling storyteller and you're going to make impact. You're going to make an impression and you're going to more deeply engage with your audience and motivate them to act. And that's what we're here to do. So. Think about the eight-step story spine or Aristotle's three-step or John York Shakespeare's five-act. Think about that structure because essentially they're all the same. They're just different theories. Anytime you're watching a movie now, think about that. Now you understand when you're telling that story from the weekend, how to really lay out the steps and not just ramble on and on about the events that happen and the activities that happen, but tell it in the flow and the arc of a story. That's my time for today. You guys have a great week. Go out there, keep telling those stories and do it with the right structure. All right, peace and love, everybody. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow and that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.